Finding your life vision, sometimes through hardship. That's what we're talking about on the podcast today. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi there, friends. It's Natalie. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Today, I have a really great guest for you. Before I introduce her, I want to thank you because I'm coming up on two years of podcasting, and it's because of you that this little show is growing and helping other people. I just feel so blessed to have the opportunity to keep learning and to keep interviewing people and to have you supporting and growing right there alongside me. Today, I'm talking with Carrie Connolly. She's a speaker coach and all-around powerhouse who firmly believes in the power of a clear life vision, just as I do. Carrie's story is one of resilience and inspiration. She has faced some challenges beyond what most of us will ever face, and I'm going to let her tell you that story. But through it all, she found her purpose, and she's here to help you find yours. We're going to dive deep into some really important topics, depression, anxiety, the hurdles that young adults are facing in today's world. But don't worry, because Carrie comes armed with wisdom and some very practical resources, including her podcast and her book. So here is what we are going to talk about today, why having a clear vision can be a game changer for personal growth and success. Also, the real deal about depression and anxiety, how they impact us and how they impact the people around us and their families. Also, why it's critical to reach out for help and how to do so. Also, how finding your purpose, even in the midst of crisis or hard times, can lead to personal growth and the chance to make a difference for other people. If you're enjoying this podcast and you're still here, so I'm assuming you do, and if you love it as much as I do, hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, share it with someone, family member, a friend, anyone you think could benefit from a little bit of inspiration. Let's get started today with Carrie Connolly. Carrie, thank you so much. It's so nice to talk to you. We've traded messages for years. We're, we're from the same area. Yes. But when uh, when you reached out to me and told me more of your story, I knew that you were just going to be a perfect guest for the podcast. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. And like I said, I feel like I've known you for years. You just met me, uh, you know, but, you know, watching you all those years. Well, this is a joy to be here with you. Thank you. Well, your story is so inspiring. And um, I know when you go through a hardship in life, and I can't even imagine the hardship that you went through, but you had to make a choice mm-hmm. at that at that point, that pivotal point to do something with that hardship. And now it's become your life purpose. So give us some background. So thank you, first of all, for having me. And a um, little backstory is that I have been a speaker unofficially and officially for over 30 years. And my topic and my area of expertise is the importance of having a really crystal clear, beautiful, powerful, inspiring vision for your life because most people don't. Um, And that scares me. And I'll talk about more why that is. But uh, officially I stepped into it about 12 years ago, started speaking at little women's luncheons and, you know, things like that. And then I started coaching 
Um, and it, it took off. Now it just, uh, it was, I, I knew I was stepping all into what God wanted me to do. And it just like, you know, all of a sudden I had all these clients and I was getting on bigger stages. And unfortunately during that time, um, my husband and I had just become empty nesters. So we had a son that was getting ready to come out of college and a daughter that was going in. And, um, the summer my son graduated from college, my husband took his life. It was July of 2014. And, um, it became a whole different mission that I was on teaching people about the importance of having vision. And then unfortunately, three years after his passing, I lost my 25 year old son also to suicide. Um, so you can imagine, you know, what that does, uh, where you just start asking, like we were talking about before we got on here, what am I doing? You know, what does God want me to do with this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a very, very trying time, as you can imagine. Um, but my daughter and I just kind of locked arms and started speaking together. We co-authored a book together two, uh, two years after my son uh, passed called Keep Looking Up. And then she decided to get married and start having babies. So she doesn't speak with me very often anymore, but, <laughs> but I still do. So thank you for asking. It's been, it's been hard. How did your mission change? So you were helping people before. When did that light bulb go off that this is how I'm supposed to help people? And how did you deal with that in the midst of devastating life change? So a little bit more backstory. So when I was in my late 20s, this was the early 80s, uh, we were all doing what we were told to do, get the good job, you know, get the, you know, the, the college degree, the good job, you know, all the things. And we did that. Um, but I wasn't doing the nine to five thing very well, Natalie. So <laughs> I had a mentor uh, enter my life that told me that I could create my life to look like however I wanted it to be. I just needed to get very, very clear on what that was. And so I took a day off of work one day and got a journal and started writing out in you know every area of my life what I wanted it to look like, where we wanted to live, where we wanted to travel, what kind of mom I wanted to be, you know, all the things. And what I know now that I didn't know then, Natalie, is I truly believe that that day I was just kind of aligning with God and he was just downloading into me, like mm -hmm. all these heart's desires, you know, what, what was going to unfold next. And the reason I know that is because on that day, for the first time ever, I wrote that someday I thought I wanted to teach other people how to write their vision and how to goal set, Right. Not knowing how, not knowing the vehicle. And I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Um, but when I stepped into that was when things started happening and I started speaking and coaching. And after my husband passed, so at the time of his passing, I was mostly coaching other entrepreneurs, mostly female service-based entrepreneurs, how to run their business after they've written their vision. And so a lot of my vision mission at that point was teaching them how to be better business owners. Um, super clear, again, that my that I was the vision expert. That's what I talk on. But after my husband's passing, and then especially my son's, it became very clear to me that all those years, Natalie, that I've been talking about vision, teaching vision, um, the first entrepreneurial gig that I did was in the, in the industry of network marketing with a company called Arbonne. So I had a lot of female leaders that I had to teach vision, right? Um, but now I knew that, okay, so this isn't just about teaching business owners how to make money. This is way beyond that now. Yeah. 
And, you know, so many people are drifting through life, Natalie, and that's just not a great place to be if you are prone to depression and anxiety. Um, so, yeah, whole different thing now. Was that always, I want to get onto the, the creating a vision and all of that, but yeah. I want, I want to understand, and I, I, I hope that, that, that you talk about this so much that it's, that it's okay to talk about this, yeah. but did you, did you know through the years, depression and anxiety and all of this was an issue in your family? Because I think for a lot of us, we see so much of this, me working with high schoolers, even within my family and my friend network, you see people struggling and you never know if they're at a point where they're going to do something drastic or if, oh, this is just the way people are. Like, did you see signs of this in your family? Um, you know, I always get asked that question and it's such a complicated answer. I know it is. Um, here's what I tell people. I do know that both my husband and my son were struggling because I was helping them through that. Most of what they were struggling with had to deal with their, um, professions that they were in. Um, and unfortunately, and I hate to generalize, but I think most men, a lot of their identity is wrapped up in what they do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when there's doubt around that, like my husband at, at the time that he was starting to, um, really get anxious was uh, his company that he'd been with for almost 25 years was going through a merger and he was super concerned about what was going to happen with his career, with our lifestyle that we had built all the things. Would that be the one and only reason why he would take his life? Probably not. And, and tw hindsight is always 2020. I can look back now and think of probably a lot of other things that led to his mentality and what I did not know. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I just think it 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 builds to a point where they just lose sight of reality and start thinking that they can't go on and that the the rest of us will be better off if they're not here. Right. So, but to say that I was helping them through it, I knew they were struggling. My son was making a decision to quit his job because it was not good for him. Um and he was super anxious about that as well. Which, by the way, we might mention was in the news business. Yes. I, I relate to that and the toxicity. And for people to hear at this point, of course, there's not one reason. And I appreciate you saying that. Mm -hmm. But your environment means so much. Right. And if you are putting yourself or your family members or your friends are in an environment that's not healthy and, the, and they are not healthy, all of those things right. can boil over. Yes. And so to be sure that I always like to say, you know, we're putting those faith glasses on first right. and we're saying, God has me here. I can deal with this. But we tend to put these worldly glasses on first. Yeah. And, you know, all of these things that pile up and right. <laughs> there's not one reason. There's not. But, yeah. And did, did I ever think that they would take their life? No. Yeah. Um, I just figured, you know, with my husband, I knew he was really worried about the job. And we talked about it almost nightly of, you know, I told him, I don't care if you go drive a school bus now. I mean, I just want you to be happy, but there's just so much pride in what you're yeah. doing and what you've created. And again, so many other things happening in the background, probably from childhood and things that I did not know. Um, yeah. Uh, physiological things, I think are another part of it. Yeah. Um, so, 
but I never thought he would walk out the door one day and take his life. Right. I'm just, I can't imagine. And I just applaud you so much for coming back and helping people because it's an epidemic. Yeah. It's, it's something we're dealing with in, in our identities. And I appreciate you saying that too about identities being often in our careers, our house, our, yeah. you know, I have a daughter who plays, um, who plays college sports. And I see so often young athletes yes. who their identity is in their sport right, or their career, whatever that is, yes. and how unhealthy that is because it can be taken away just like a job right. in a moment, in, right. in a second. Yes. You know, I, I told you yes. I broke my arm a couple of weeks ago. I saw you. With, within, like, in, oh it, just within, I don't even remember it happening within yes. a second. I lost the use of one arm, which, you know, is nothing compared to what other people go through, but just the flash of when things can be taken away. And if your identity is in the wrong things, how quickly that can be taken away. Let's talk about when you realized. So you realized, I mean, you had to recover and go through twice within first and the three years later. And I mean, that was a, a probably what a five year span of devastation for you. And were you still working? And when did the light bulb go off that this is my purpose? Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, at the time that my husband passed, I had stepped into the speaking and coaching career. Yep. And it just took off. I had like 25 new clients join me within a span of 90 days after, during his passing. And so, I just ran with that and got my son to Arizona so he could start his job. I got my daughter back to college in Oklahoma. And for three years, we just worked on creating a whole new family dynamic, which was challenging. Um, But it was during that time, like you said, that I kind of had to start asking the deeper questions, you know, what am I really doing this for? And am I really on the right path anymore? Hmm. The big thing that happened, Natalie, was because my husband and I grew up in Colorado um, and I was a public speaker. We knew a ton of people. We went to a really big church there. Uh, People knew what was happening. And then when my son passed, I was, I had also been speaking on higher levels been on a lot of radio shows. (laughs) And um, so people were following me publicly and they were seeing what I was doing. And so they started reaching out to me saying, how in the world are you getting through this? What Mm -hmm. is helping you? Um, I still almost daily get messages from people, mostly parents who are super concerned about their kids. Mm -hmm. Um, What do I do? What are the signs? How can I help them? Or they will reach out to either me or my daughter um, and ask, you know, um, I've got a friend that just lost their child. What do I, how do I help them? Mm-hmm. So Natalie, it was either I chose a totally different profession and got all away from that. Or I stepped all into it. Like you were saying with my faith glasses on and just, which is what I'm doing daily now. It's just following, okay, is this the path you still want me to be on? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do next? Um, who do you want me to talk to next? You know, I'm super focused on young adults right now. Very hyper-focused on 20 to 30-year-olds because mm-hmm. um, they are really struggling. Well, they're coming out of, you know, I hate to keep going back to COVID, but they're coming out of a high school 
um, mentality, yeah. having lost really a year of that and now stepping into adulthood right. and trying to figure life out and it's fuzzy. Yeah. So when I'm in my podcast studio, I have a 21 year old, um, intern and he just started and in between takes recordings, I started asking him questions. Um, what's happening with your generation right now? What's going on with you guys? What are you, how are you feeling about adulthood and all of that? And the word I get from all of them when I ask them, Natalie, almost right out of their mouth is a lot of pressure. Yes. A lot of pressure. I get that from my high schoolers where I teach. Yeah. And I, I, I tried to draw out more, like, tell me about that. Why? Right. And well, if you're, yeah. Pressure what does from he say? Schools, mm -hmm. from their teachers, from mm -hmm. their parents, from their peers, you know, a lot of pressure. And he said, you know, it's just on every angle. Money is number one. Mm -hmm. A lot of pressure, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety around money. Um, how to make money, how to get out of debt. You know, a lot of them are coming out of college, you know, Natalie, six figures mm -hmm. in debt already. Mm -hmm. Hard way to start a life. Relationships. It's probably number two. Um, you know, all the things. Um, but he said something to me that I'm going to repeat. and I'm actually going to record him. I'm going to have him uh, do a podcast with me. Uh, he said, I feel like I'm entering my life in a hostile environment. And I think that has a lot to do with what we have been through in the past four or five years is that, mm -hmm. you know, you and I, when we came out of school, Natalie, it was a sure thing, right? Get the dream, get the job, work your way up the ranks. Not so much now, because what they've learned now is anything can happen. The world can shut down in 24 hours, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. It was very profound what he said. That it, it is, and I haven't thought of it that way. What what I am seeing more often is young people feeling like I can't start at the bottom. I have to start with the job that's my dream. Yeah, and um, and I don't know that that's an entitled thing. Like people often talk about, this generation is entitled, and they expect, yeah. and maybe it has to do more with social media, where they feel like I want to be able to put it on social media that I have yeah. this job. Yep. And you know, for me, it was coming out of college and taking a job making under $20,000 for the year where I couldn't right. afford food and had to find a random roommate. And that was fine. That was kind of normal. Like, right. you know, get that first job, get that second job, move, work hard. And I don't know that they're not willing to work hard. It's just this pressure, as right. you mentioned, to be something almost yep. that, that feeling of, I have to impress people right, right. out of the gate. Are you looking for ways to stay energized, healthy, and help your family stay healthy? I've started taking supplements from Seeking Health, and it has changed the game for me. I no longer worry that my family is getting enough of the vitamins we need, and I know the quality of what we're taking is top-notch. I take an immunity support supplement, magnesium, and several others, including electrolytes to stay hydrated. So many people ask me about these supplements that I've made it really easy for you to find right on my website, natalietisdall.com slash favorites. Also bonus, I have a coupon code to help you save 
10% on your order. You will find that coupon code on the website as well. Go to natalietisdall.com slash favorites. Click on Seeking Health. I may earn a small commission if you purchase there, but that's just to help my small business grow the website and the podcast to keep this news and good interviews coming your way. Again, natalietisdall.com slash favorites and click on Seeking Health. Yeah, I 3000% agree with you. Because I do remember when my son was coming out of college and all of his friends, the jobs they were getting, um, they were pretty proud of it. My son was very proud of getting the job at Channel 12, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with, yes, uh, peer pressure. I think it's also, unfortunately, wanting to make your parents proud. Mm. Um, I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, how do we advise them then? I mean, you're working now, your focus is young people. For me, it's, it's your identity has to be in your faith in Christ. Everything else will come later. Put it there first, put those faith glasses on. Um, But I could say that till I'm blue in the face. I I think those who have faith, they they hear it, but how do you advise young people then Mm. to not feel that pressure? Right. So it's interesting. The more I talk about, wanting to work with young adults. Um, mostly the ones that come to me are young men in their mid to late twenties. And I, I was recording a podcast actually with a young man that I started following on Instagram because he's just for, for a 30 year old, super wise. Um, so we became friends. He had me on his podcast and another young man heard me and reached out to me. And what he said to me when we got on a call was, I'm just super struggling. I go through bouts of anxiety and depression. I don't love what I do, but I don't know what to do about it. Mm. Um, so I asked him, and this is what I've done with thousands of people, Natalie. I asked him to take some time and to project three years out from whatever day he's going to sit down and do this. And on that three-year date after that, write how old he will be and how old his family members will be. Because I needed him to think beyond where he is right now and start dreaming about what he would like his life to look like at that age. Yeah. In every area of his life. This yeah. is what I did in my late 20s. Family life, faith life, fitness and health, your finances, mm. your career, what you really want to do, what you want to do, right? Because I need them to get beyond thinking I have to do what I've been told to do and to start thinking mm. what they really want. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's very, very hard. It sounds to me like much of your audience, and I know my audience is the generation above these people. So how can we help them? Right. As a mom, as a teacher, as a mentor, how can I help that neighbor, that student? And I love that advice that you just gave because the advice I often try to give is the sun will come up tomorrow. I know it's hard right now, but I promise it will be better. Yeah. And that's a hard thing when you're living in difficulty as your son and your husband and so many others are. You see in the moment instead of in the future. Right. Yes, it is hard. But I also encourage them to know that they can create something different. Yes. Because I, they have not been told that, Natalie. They've been yeah. told from entering kindergarten. Unfortunately, this is still the process. And you see my dog keeping us company in the background. Mine's probably back here too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
you know, they're told from a very, very early age, like I'll use myself for example. I grew up wanting to be a singer and an actress, right? What I wanted to do was be on stages, sing, dance, act. Um, and it was super cute that I sang in all the school variety shows. <laughs> the message was clear that, you know, very few people make it in this, in that industry mm-hmm. and you need to get the college degree, right? Because nobody in my family had ever done that. Um, and, you know, make sure you get a secure financial job, right? And I was never told until this mentor that I, that may not be the path that is right for me and I can create something different if I want. Mm. So it's just, they need other people, number one, to show them the way. So you, you asked how to encourage them. The best thing I tell parents is be an example. Are you living your vision? Are you following your dream? Or are you the person that's at home complaining about your job and saying you can't change it? Yeah. Right. They're looking to you. Yeah, they absolutely are. We try to pretend that they're not, or we we are oblivious to them, but doing that, but they are, they're watching every step of how we navigate our hardships. Right. Exactly. Um, You know, when I was raising my kids and I was doing the network marketing industry, there were so many days I wanted to quit, Natalie, so many days. Um, But I kept going for two reasons. One, my vision of what I wanted for my family was bigger than the feeling of quitting. Two, I knew my kids were watching me. And if I quit, Mm. I was sending them the message that when they grew up and life got hard, that they could quit too Mm. on their dreams. I'm happy to report that my daughter is now 30, married, has two little boys, and is full on following what's right for her. Yeah. Right? Um, instead of following what the world told her to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you know, I, I read something the other day, and this resonated with me that we, we often say, never give up, don't quit, all of those things. And I say that, like, keep working hard, push for your right. dreams. But there's something that hit me the other day that I read that was know when to quit. Mm-hmm. When quitting means leaving the career. Right. For me, it was a 27 year career that I had built and people thought it was a dream job, right. but I wasn't happy. Right. It was toxic. Yeah. And for me being able to go, okay, God, I think you're leading me in a different direction and being yeah. able to listen to that. Yeah. And then give up. If you want to say, I didn't feel like I was giving up. I felt like I was making a a healthy pivot. Right. So I guess maybe it's instead of quitting, it's pivoting and knowing when to do that and when that's okay. Yeah. Or instead of pivoting, expanding. So what I know now is all those years that I was in network marketing, building a team, coaching these women, personally growing, which is the most painful part. Yes. God was preparing me for me to step into what I'm doing now, 12 years ago. Mm, Yeah. And like you, Natalie, I was in that company, um, 25 years, Mm -hmm. right. Um, had built a great income, earned a lot of trips. Uh, all my relationships were in the company, Mm -hmm. um, for me to step away from it. I never left the company. I just, I just stepped away and expanded Mm -hmm. because what I've been teaching them, I started thinking, huh. I bet other people could use this too, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I started working with other entrepreneurs. And that expanded into now, okay, so I, I very rarely coach an entrepreneur anymore unless they come to me and full on say, you are the only person I want to help me. Mm-hmm. 
now I know it's, I've got to speak on bigger stages, grow this young adult community that I want to grow. So it's never that you're quitting anything. It's always a part of the journey. Yes. Take the lessons and apply it where you need to go next. And I really want to hone in on that for a minute, Natalie, because the biggest fear, I think a lot of these young adults and high schoolers, I went in and did a vision workshop to a group of high schoolers one day. And I asked them what scared them the most. And they said, I'm afraid that if I start down one path, I'll get stuck there and I can't leave. And I said, guys, I'm 61 years old and I'm still (laughs) changing directions. It's a part of the journey. Yeah. But it's a big fear they have. Yeah, it it really is. But I love what you just said. It's so true that everything you did before plays into what that pivot's going to be. Right. Maybe it is a different career, but you you still get to take credit for all those other things. It's going to help you. It might be a different career, but it's going to help you. Right. I could not be where I am right now without all of those experiences, the good and the bad. Yeah. 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 Well, give give us a couple of other nuggets of what of what you're working on. I love your podcast, by the way. I know Thank you're you. talking with amazing people who have overcome hardships as well. There's yeah. something to learn from every one of those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but give us some other nuggets of of wisdom and advice in in what you're doing now. Um, I think this is another thing that when I do, so I do workshops um, on vision and how to write it. Um, which I just gave you a little snippet of, and I can give your your audience at the end a downloadable workbook that they can Great. write the from. So, um, this so writing the vision is very powerful. The second thing that I teach in these workshops that is the one thing, second thing that when I see people months or years later come back to me and they say, "Yeah, that thing that you taught on the front row changed my life." So I'll tell you what that is. So I get people to um, see their life as they're standing on a, a stage and they're looking out into the seats, right? Um, in like a theater. And there's about five or 10 rows, seats in every row. And I want them to think about the five or 10 people that they spend the most amount of time with. Um, and after they figure those people out, I want them to rank those people based on how those people make them feel when they're with them not judging them as a person, just how do they make you feel? So on a scale of one to 10, you imagine the nines and tens are the people that you just can't wait to be with. Like they Mm -hmm. lift you up. They're the ones who've got your back when you want to quit. They believe in your vision. They remind you of your vision. They're probably, they're probably also a little bit further ahead than you are of where you want to be. They're kind of like mentors, right? And on the opposite end of the scale, the ones and twos, you can imagine just suck the life right out of you, right? Mm-hmm. You can feel like a nine or 10, but you're with them for a couple minutes and, you know, it's over. The only people that should be in that front row that get the most amount of time with you are the nines and tens. If they were below a nine, they need to be moved back, right? A row or two. And if they're below a five, Natalie, they need to just be in the balcony or locked out. Yeah. When I do this exercise with people, it's very eye-opening because what they see is they've got some people in the front row that they need to move. And it's not easy because sometimes you are related to those people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But even allowing one person in that front row thinking, hey, that's not a big deal. I, you know, they just need, they need me in their life. I know they're not the healthiest relationship. It's not doing any harm. It's doing a lot of harm. It's affecting how you feel about yourself and it's also affecting the relationships you have with other people. Mm. So I really want young adults to hear that because your power of association is huge Yeah, at this stage of your life. 
Yep. It just most certainly is. Yeah. I just, my mom always said the birds of a feather flock together. Right. And I know that it, it, that kind of goes along with that. And I tell my kids, they get so tired of my sayings, but right. they'll remember them one day. Right. That you are the people you hang around. Yeah. And you want to be that positive force in other people's lives too. Right. Oh, so powerful. Well, and to be honest with you, a lot of the success that I've had in my careers, not only is because I've chosen to seek those people out, those nines and tens. Um, to help me accelerate um, because they're willing to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I really want, so the other thing young adults or anybody says to me when I do this exercise is number one, they tell me they've got to move some people. The second thing I hear them say is, wow, I need some more nines and tens. <laughs> yeah, I need nines and tens. Okay, well, let's do this again. Yeah. Um, we'll 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 talk again, and maybe we'll go a little deeper into how to do that. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good second episode down the line. Is let's move the nines and tens in, move some of those other people out, and how do you how do you do that without offending people and and all of yes. all of that? Yeah, because there's a strategy to that. It's not an overnight thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So tell people where they can find you. I'll put everything in the show notes, by the way, that yeah. download you mentioned too, but where can we find you? Uh, well, I do have a website. It's carrieconley.com. I'm all over Instagram. I have a free Facebook group people can be in that I go in and do like masterclasses and things. It's called Vision is Victory. Um, my podcast is called Moving Through and Beyond. It's everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all the things. And my first book is called Visions Victory. And it's a workbook, Natalie, that literally somebody can go through. Your, your teenagers can do this. It's written in very simple form to write their vision like they've never written it before and to learn how to properly goal set once they've done that. Um, so I'll give you the link that you can put in the show notes, but you can also text it to get the download by, by texting the word VICTORY, all in caps, to 26786. So that downloads the book and it also um, puts you in my email database. So you get my weekly newsletter. So fantastic. So much yeah. good information. Carrie, thanks for being so open for helping people. You, you could choose, you could have chosen to just hide under a rock and, and not share, but you're making a difference in people's lives. And I appreciate that so much. Well, doing these kinds of things, Natalie, uh, boosts my confidence in that. So thank you for having me. You bet. Take care. We'll talk again soon. We'll do that other episode. Yes. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.